Welcome everybody to another edition of Connected with Kelly and I get to talk to one of my friends today, Lindsay L. This girl is incredible and what an amazing accomplishment 2020 was for her, even though it was kind of a dumpster fire for everybody else, she truly made the best of an otherwise very strange year. So in this conversation, we get pretty deep and we talk about a lot of stuff about Lindsay's personal story, about also getting two number one songs in a year when she couldn't tour. And financially, what does that even look like for an artist? You can't tour for an entire year. She's got a lot of plans coming up in 2021 and we dive into that as well. So sit down and relax as we get connected with my friend, Lindsay L. Talking with my girl, Lindsay L. Oh my goodness. So much to talk about that happened already in 2020. So much to talk about that's coming up 2021, which we really want to focus on because we don't want to look back at what was the dumpster fire <laughs> of 2020. But first, how are you? Kelly, I am so good, girl. It is so wonderful to see your face. Um, 2020 has been quite the experience, as I know we all can attest to, but I really... I'm looking back on 2020 and that year as a gift. Like I tour a lot. I mean, in 2019, we played 235 shows. I was on the road 280 days. I was going so fast that I hardly even could really take in what was happening or really even enjoy it to that point, you know, because we were just touring so hard. And so 2020 was like the exact opposite. It was like a 180 degree flip but it was such a gift in so many ways. Like I actually, I actually felt like I lived in Nashville for the first time in a long time. And people would be like, so, you know, this to this place, to this place. And I'm like, what are you talking? Like, I didn't feel like Nashville really was my home. My suitcase was my home. And I just traveled all around the world with it, which I'm so grateful for. But it was really amazing to be able to slow down, to cook dinner in my kitchen every night, to really take a look. It's not that I've ever taken playing live for granted, but now I think every single artist this year has just been like, there will never be a moment that I will not fully take in and just be like, this is the best thing ever. And, um, and even just creating wise, like writing, I just feel like I was so busy. It was like, there was an open hour block in my schedule. I would fill it with something. And so I, although I love being that busy and I have the capacity to like go, 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 go with that. It's like, you can't really take in everything. And even from a writing, for sure, from a writing standpoint, from an artist, like really intentionally, okay, what do I want to write? And how do I want to craft this thing? I, I feel like I was just like, always go, 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 go. That's probably why heart theory took me the better part of two and a half years to put together just because it was like, go, 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 go all the time. And so, yeah, I mean, this is, you didn't even ask me a question. I just started randomly talking about last this is why This is going to be the best interview ever because we just talk and that's all I want. That's true. That's all I but want. 2020 in a nutshell is, is I'm really looking to it as a gift. I've learned so much about myself and about the way I live life and should be living life better. <laughs> well, and, and I want to back up because I haven't had a chance to talk to you since you came forward and with some really hard truths about some stuff that you went through. And first of all, I just want to say as your friend and as a person who looks up to you, bravo, because that 
had to have been the scariest moment for you that had to have been completely vulnerable and literally terrifying. I can't, I can't put myself in your shoes, but I just want to say thank you for, for being so honest and truthful because I can't imagine how many people have since then felt like their story is acceptable to be heard or that they want to tell their story. I love hearing you say that because yeah, I mean, it was, it was a big thing. It's a part of my story that I've never talked about up until this point. Um, I kind of had a realization three years ago, I went to this place called Youth for Tomorrow and um, they deal with kids aged 12 to 18 who've either just been through difficult childhoods or who have been victims of, of sex trafficking or rape. And I went there to help them launch their music program, not thinking I was going to talk a word about my own story, but, um, but just wanting to, to talk to the kids and meet them. And so I sat down at this conference room with 12 other little girls and hearing their stories, Kelly, was like the most bone chilling experience. And yet so inspiring because you like this 12 year old girl was sitting next to me and she was like, yeah, my parents sold me to a sex trafficking company when I was little. And I'm like, you were 12 years old. And, and you're saying this to me with like so much light in your eyes and in your heart. And so I, I was just so inspired by the kids there. And I ended up telling every part of my own story and they were like, man, Lindsay, the fact that you've been through that and you've been able to like turn your life around and not make it define everything that you are. And I'm just like, never think that something in your past or even in your present defines who you are or or your future. Like you have the ability to change whatever you want and whatever comes into your life to, to where you want to go and, and take it in and learn from it and grow from it. And then, and then do what you want. Like nothing needs to define you. And unless it's something that you want it to be um, defining you. And so, yeah, I left that campus that day knowing that I wanted to finally talk about my story for the reason of even just helping other little girls and little boys like that. I'm like, if I don't talk about my story at this point, I feel like I'm holding back an opportunity to influence other kids who have been through something similar or or really have been through any kind of trauma because trauma is trauma. As long as it's trauma to you, it's trauma. And um as our wonderful friends from onsite will say, um, but, but trauma is trauma. And so I really wanted to, to write a song because that's my number one way I communicate, write a song to say, okay, it's the things that happen to us in life that make us who we are. Like the, the song is called make you. And the lyric is the things that bend and stain and break you. That's, what's going to make you. And so it's, it's something to take in all of those things and let them make you stronger, let them make you grow, let them make you learn. And then you can decide what you want to do with your life. Like nothing determines it. That's what's going to make you. And so, yeah, Kelly, it has been insane. The thousands of DMs I've gotten from fans, like ever since the, the story came out and my goodness, I will never forget that day waking up. It was probably the hardest for my parents, which I hate because I have the best family and parents a girl could ask for, but it's just a difficult thing. Like I opened up my laptop and it was like, Lindsay Yell reveals she was raped at 13 and 21. And I was like, God bless. My mom has to read that. Yeah. My mom has to read that headline. And, um, and so, you know, we had to go through like a whole healing process with our family, but I feel like when we can stand up 
and you know whether two people are listening to you or two million people are listening to you and you can stand up and talk about something that is so true and you can be vulnerable with another human being that that's where the magic happens that's where you find that connection point of being like oh my gosh I know what that feels like because I've been through this and so when that story came out when the song came out so many fans messaged me and were like, I haven't been able to explain what I've been feeling into words. And thank you so much for writing the song. And it's like messages like that, that, um, that make all of this worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was able to launch my own foundation after the song too. It's called the make you movement. And um, we're focusing on um, specifically survivors of, of sexual abuse and, and domestic abuse. But um, I just want to make sure that no, no other survival feels like they're alone. Right. And if I can be even a little part of their story to encourage them to talk to another human or go out and get some help and help somehow in their healing process, then I'll, I'll feel like I'm doing my job. In knowing you, did you feel like after that came out, after that truth was told, was there something that was being blocked in you that you didn't even realize until it was not there? Yeah. I think that, um, you know, as, as healing as um, songwriting is, songwriting is so healing because you're able to like understand your emotions to a, a deeper level. But, um, but being able to really share that with my fans, I felt like it was finally like me taking off the cape I'd been wearing for so long and being like, okay, this is who I really am. And this is what really has happened to me. And this is why I feel like I'm such a fighter in life. And there's like a, a different kind of um, understanding that goes on, I think, when you can do that. So yeah, coming out with a story has been so healing for me because I've always felt like there's been a part of me I haven't been able to share just because I, I didn't I ever want it to be like a publicity statement or it like I was getting attention because it's not what it's about but um but yeah it's been so so healing just to be like okay all gloves off like this is me take it or leave it the connection that you have with your fans the connection that you have with your music it shines through and I think people just gravitate to that and gravitate to you. And obviously in a year when you couldn't tour walking away with number ones in that (laughs) year, how does that feel? Because you are such a a grinder, like you are so type A and I know you, and I know it's like, I'm, I'm playing the songs. I'm doing the things I'm video. I'll call the radio stations. I'll do whatever I've got to do radio tour. It's all happening. And then the year that you couldn't do that stuff, like success is coming to you. How does it has to feel like kind of a mind shift? It's a huge mind shift. Yeah. I mean, it feels incredible. I'm not going to lie. And it also is like a minor heart attack going on being like, okay, how am I going to continue this? Like, how long will we not be able to play shows? I feel like the one place I've mainly gotten validation in my life is, is not happening right now. And so what does that mean? Like, and so I've been answering all of those questions while at the same time, yeah, I mean, it's always kind of been in the back of my mind that, okay, I'm just going to be a hard worker and I'm going to do everything that I can do. And as long as I know I'm doing everything that I can do, then I'll know I, I'm not leaving anything on the table. But because I have that thought process, it also makes me sacrifice every other 
category in my life, aka a personal life. And I, I watch my talented, talented artist friends get married and have babies and have like all of the things and also have fully successful, incredible careers. And I'm like, okay, can be done clearly. Why do I have to separate them? And I think 2020 has taught me so much that it's like, it's not in always, always filling every moment of your schedule. It's about like working hard. I'm always going to work hard. That's just who I am. But it's like about finding the balance. And in that balance, you can still have so much success. And so 2020 has been like, okay, so pull out the rug, pull out the touring rug from under your feet. Mm-hmm. Now see what happens. And so it's just been an interesting learning experience to be like, okay, I can still do parts of my job and still be successful without doing the one thing that I thought was the main train, pro- you know, progressing my career. I want to talk about that for just a second, because I was having a discussion with a friend who is a touring musician. He tours with a different artist. The struggle is real. I mean, the, the fact that so much of your livelihood comes from these live shows, not to mention your band's livelihood, not to mention the it's, it's a whole machine. And I think most of us in Nashville understand that to some extent, But the effect of not being able to tour for an entire year, what does that do to you financially? What does that do to you mentally? What does that do to your band? Like, girl, how are you making it? How does it work? It's, it's a lot. And Kelly, the the scariest part about it is, you know, it's one thing to go to a show and see an artist and maybe the band on stage, but you don't realize how many people behind the scenes, the crew, the production companies, the, the agencies, the management, the labels, like the whole industry behind it. And specifically around a show, like there's so many crew members and, and band members who like my band is my family and I feel like I need to provide for them. I am the one that helps them put bread on their tables to feed their families. And I'm just like, goodness gracious. Okay. Now that I'm not making touring income, I have to figure this out. And that's like a huge responsibility slash there's only so much money to go around right now when we're not touring. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been, um, amazing to watch a lot of organizations come together and, and really show up for, you know, band and crews and, also just be smart. I've always kind of been a smart saver and, um, and that's just always how I've been since I was a little girl, but I was in the process of moving and the bank was like, we're not really going to approve your mortgage. And so there was just like all of these things. And I was just like, Oh, this is hard. But you know what? As Glennon Doyle says, life is hard and we can do, we can do hard things. We can do hard things, people. So, you know, you just work it out one day at a time. (laughs) It's, it is crazy. It's crazy to watch what it's doing. And it, it is crazy to think about 2021. And that kind of propels me into what does 2021 look like? I know you have a couple of things on the books. I know you get to do the Opry, which is incredible because that's almost like being in front of a live. They have certain people that are in the audience. It's not a big show, but it's a show and there are real people watching. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be able to kick off the year at the Opry, you know, playing um, at the Opry is just always so historical and legendary and, and um, just a part of, of the blood work that makes Nashville, Nashville. And, and so um I'm so excited about that. Yeah, I'm writing right now. I'm like in the creation time. And so I'm like 
writing my next project slash writing with other artists um, slash trying to plan to when we can get the shows back together and, and dreaming with my band on all of the things that we can, we can do for the show. And, you know, releasing an album in 2020 was a thing. And, um, and I'm, I'm so proud of my whole entire team and thank you so much for doing everything that you, you did to support it. And it also just feels so weird that I was never able to, to really tour that album. And so, um, you know, just thinking of like, cool content and little things that we can do here and there to, to fully tell the story of the album. Um, so yeah, right now, like for the first few months of 2021, I'm just trying to give myself grace and, um, and know that, you know, as the type a brain that I have, I'm also going to be like writing my next thing and planning the next thing and planning the shows and figuring out how to still preach heart theory to the world. So you know, it's going to be a busy year. I can feel it already. (laughs) So do you do a dream board or do you do like vision of 2020? I mean, I I think people are almost skittish to do that coming into this new year. I've seen all the memes that are just like, everybody come in, sit down, don't touch anything. So right. Just be good. You're on your best behavior. Have you, have you put forth a vision? Do you have to write things down or is it just something that, you know, is in your head? I do all the things. Um, a few girlfriends and I were talking about like getting together to have a vision board party that we probably should have done before January 1st, but whatever, we'll do it in January. Um, so I, I definitely, I love that stuff. I think that it's, it's so healthy to, um, talk about what you want, you know, and, and really envision that and, and try to figure out, okay, where do I see this year going and, and what are the things I'd like to focus on? Cause I think that when you, you can get super honest about that, it changes the way you wake up. It changes the way you think it changes the way you brainstorm about things. And for sure, from an artist's perspective, it changes the way I write and, and strategize, you know, where music is going to go. And so, um, so yeah, I like, I love journaling. I love meditation. I love, you know, obviously the holidays this year were really quiet. It was me with my new puppy in my house. And so, I, for the past few weeks, have just been reading like so many random books and, and journaling and like writing down goals for this year and, and just really focusing. I know a a lot of my friends were like, well, instead of like goals or, or visions, we're, we're just choosing a word. Like they choose one word for the year. And I'm like, okay, I kind of like that. So do you want to know what my word is? Of course I do. Yeah. (laughs) So my word for 2021 is being, because I feel like so much of our life in the entertainment industry is always like reaching for the next thing. And, and, and it's really easy to kind of lose this focus. And so that means like being creative, being fully me, being not afraid to stand in, you know, my own two feet and, and, and stand on solid ground and stand up for what I believe in. And, and um, just learning how to be also when the world is in the middle of a global pandemic or a racial crisis or all of the crazy things that we experienced in the last 12 months, um, how to, how to be and how to live through that and, and how to try to, you know, be a light to the other people in your life. I love that word. That's a good word. Thank you. If you had to choose a word, Kelly, not to put you on the spot, but to totally put you on the spot, what would be your word? Oh, good. I think about this because I saw that your word was being, um, my word would be receive. 
I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to receive the blessings. I'm ready to receive the things that I've been working for. I'm ready to, I'm, I'm open and I'm ready to receive because I feel like sometimes you put things out there and you, you want these things, but mentally and physically and, and all of the things, you're not ready. You're not ready. I'm ready. So that's, that's how I feel. I love that word. And I love that word and receiving the fact that you want to focus on receiving even just like a greater level of love mm-hmm. will like totally up level your life in so many, so many areas, and then give you the ability to love other people to a deeper level. Have a manifesting session right here. Fine. You Perfect. see Gabby Bernstein. I'm gonna pull it up. We're gonna listen. Bring to it. It. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I love it so much. You know, uh, but because you brought up Hendrix, I want to talk about Hendrix this week. Yes. Where did she go? Where? She has, hold on right now. I okay. She have, she's far more uh, cute without her cone. You know what? Cone. The cone of shame is precious. <laughs> Tell so us I the idea. Kelly, I have grown up with dogs um, my whole life. And I have wanted a dog for the past 10 years that I've been living in Nashville. Hi. <laughs> and, um, and I just always thought that I couldn't have one while we're touring. And so, and yet all my friends would be having babies and dogs on the road and doing their thing. And so I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to get a dog. I'm going to get a dog. I can, I can train it this, you know, these few months while I'm not on the road and then, you know, bring it on the bus, bring it on a plane. So my favorite guitar player, one of my favorite guitar players is Jimi Hendrix. And I was originally looking for a male dog, but through just the, the cosmos, this little sweet angel came to me and um, she's a rescue from New Orleans. And I was like, you know what? Hendrix is a pretty badass girl name. Yeah. So, this is Hendrix. He is precious. Now, what is she? A Pomchi? She's a Pomchi. Yeah. So she's a Pomeranian Chihuahua. So she has like a Pomeranian face and then the rest of her body kind of looks like a long hair Chihuahua. <laughs> that rescued dogs are so special I think they understand and they know that they've given a second chance they've been given a second chance for sure I I totally agree and there's just so many rescues that need homes and it's been amazing to see like a lot of artists actually you know get dogs over over quarantine and a lot of them have been rescues it's it's nice to be able to be like okay I'm gonna take care of you She is precious. I love it, love it, love it. Okay, so I want to dive in to some questions that we have about albums or songs that really have influenced who you are. Yeah. I know one of them is going to be on here. I just, I feel it. I know you all know that I think I, I know one of them. But when you're thinking about the overall landscape of who you are as an artist, of who you are as a guitar player, like everything, what yeah. are what are the five songs or albums that have really kind of made you into Lindsay L. Oh my goodness. Well, um, I would have to start with Continuum by John Mayer, which I think you knew I was going to say. Was um, <laughs> going into the studio to um, record um, my first album, The Project, my producer at the time, Christian Bush, had me record my favorite record and he was like Lindsay what's your favorite record I'm like continuum Christian it's perfect I know every guitar solo I could sing it to you right now and he's like great I want you to go in the studio record it front to back play all the instruments you have two weeks go and so that process was such a learning experience in the most beautiful way because I could really understand why I loved 
that record so much and from like taking apart every little piece of it and, and every instrument and learning the drum fills and learning like the way he would play certain things on the guitar. And so, um, yeah, continue. I would definitely say that. Um, has he okay. heard it? Has John heard your continuum album? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I really wanted to know that he just thought it was cool. Cause it's like, it's kind of a bold thing to go record somebody's whole record. Cause like that's blood, sweat and tears that you put into, you know, like a, a huge portion of your life and, and what you feel and, and, um, and, and to hear somebody take that and be like, okay, I'm going to put my stamp on that. Um, it's, it's just a, it's a lot. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to hear that he thought it was cool. And so he, we send it through, um, some friends that Christian knew from the Atlanta music scene. Cause Christian has known John for a while. And, um, and he said, he thought, he thought it was really cool. I, I heard back and then, um, he, while he was playing in Nashville, his, on the last tour, he was here. Um, there was sort of a set break in between the two sets that he was doing. And so he, um, his agent and my agent, our friends and, um, had me backstage and, and just wanted to personally tell me that he thought it was really cool. And he was so honored that, you know, I recorded the whole record and he never had anybody do that before and that I was super talented. And, um, and so that was like, awesome it was yeah. so sweet of him and um and yeah it was really really amazing just to get to hear it right from his mouth and that he that he thought it was cool so for sure continuum is definitely on that list for me okay all right number one number two tell me the next one number two tuesday night music club show crow that album is like so massive for me um it's it's the way that Cheryl would just be so free with um, her songwriting. And as a woman in, you know, in, in the spotlight, it's a difficult thing to be confident, to be sexy, to be meaningful and still have a message and try to be all those things at the same time. And Cheryl just does it so effortlessly. Like she's always just been so cool to me that she just like, this is who I am. This is my music. I'm not afraid to be different. If you like it, great. And so the first time I heard that record, I was just like, this is amazing. There's just like a vibe to it that is just so inspiring to me. How old were you when you first heard it? Do you remember? Or were you? Such a good question. Uh, probably like early teens when I like really fell in love with it. What were your parents listening to when you were growing up? Like what was just in the house? So my parents were super into classic rock. Like it was classic rock and country. So um, like the Eagles, um, like that Hell Freezes Over, Greatest Hits record or whatever. We play would play that that album so many times in the house. And like Shania and Garth Brooks, like it, it's why country music was my first entry point into music. Like I stood in front of a mirror wanting to be Shania Twain when I was little. Just being like, honey, I'm home and I had a hard day. Like... <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to do that because that looks awesome. <laughs> and she's Canadian. So absolutely. I know. I know. I love it. I love it. Okay. Number three. Okay. Number three. Um, this is, this is, I was thinking about this and I'm like, this is so hard to just choose five. If I had to go process of elimination, um, I would choose songs in the key of life by Stevie wonder. 
that album is just so musical and yet has so many songs that are are generational hits but um they just have have such have had such an impact on me as a musician and as a songwriter and um you know anytime i can i can listen to artists and and specifically songwriters who know how to mesh the muso world i call it of like playing an instrument and and embracing that with contemporary music and like songs that are are relatable enough i'm it it just fascinates my brain i'm just like okay that's what i want to focus on and so that record i mean it has sir duke on it it has i wish it has isn't she lovely it has like just all of these songs you're just like wait what that's all in one record how can that be well and the thing that i love too that you you point out um when you talk about stevie wonder to me he's so genre fluid. Like it just feels like he just dips in and out of R and B and a little bit of gospel. And you can, I mean, there are certain Stevie wonder songs that I dare say might sound country. Like there's so much that you can't put him in a box. And I love it. Absolutely. So, so true. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Number four. Okay. Number four. Um, I have to say Carol King tapestry. Like, Talk about a record, my goodness. Like you've got a friend, natural woman, so far away. I feel the earth move, it's too late. Like Carol King is such a brilliant writer. And again, to be a woman who, to figure out how to be sexy and meaningful and confident at the same time, it's a difficult code to crack. And she's just so inspiring to me. It's like the way she writes those songs, I'm just like, goodness gracious it's it's um yeah it definitely changed my life and then you know natural woman as a song I mean to hear like then Aretha take that and make it into a whole other thing um that I mean that's really what inspired like Shania inspired me to want to be like okay I'm committing my life to music but then when I heard Aretha sing natural woman I'm just like god bless like okay let's let's learn how to sing let's learn how to actually sing Thing. <laughs> so, question to you because you said Carol King to mm-hmm. me and I think a lot of people the first like first thing that comes in my head when Carol King is said it's songwriter it's she's an artist and she's an incredible artist but I always think of her as a songwriter first do mm-hmm. you always want to be thought of as a songwriter first yeah I want to be thought of as an artist first I want to be thought of as a singer songwriter musician. I kind of, you know, um, obviously I'm such a guitar nerd and I know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, Lindsay, she plays guitar. And I'm so grateful for that because I know a lot of people specifically in country music, a lot of female artists don't, um, play lead instruments, which is still mind baffling to me. But, um, but so I'm, I'm grateful for that if they've found my music through that, but it's so important to me as an artist to be known as, an artist who writes songs and has something to say. And yeah, I also play guitar and I also love to sing, but I want to be known as, yeah, I guess, I guess that would boil down to be known as a songwriter first. I mean, it's why I fell in love with John Mayer and Keith Urban and Brad Paisley. And I mean, you see these artists who are 
so prolific in what they write and what they have to say as an artist and then can also go stand on a stage and sing it, can also play the crap out of an instrument. And like dynamically on a live show, they can be like blaring with like crazy production lights or they can sit with an acoustic guitar and just have everybody in the palm of their hands. I'm like, that is magic to me. When you can fit every aspect of the puzzle together and you look at artists like Tom Petty, for instance, like Tom Petty is not the best vocalist. He's not even the best musician, but when you look at all of the, the elements that go into making Tom Petty, who Tom Petty is as an artist and the songs that are like generationally forever changing in our world, there is nobody else like Tom Petty. And so it's like, when you really take all of those elements of an artist, you take all of the elements of John Mayer and all the elements of Keith Urban, all the elements of Sheryl Crow, you truly produce like a unique package that cannot be recreated. And so when people think of me, I really want them to think of me as an artist, as like that unique package who, yes, has something to say. Absolutely. You can know that I'm going to write about it and going to want to sing about it and play guitar probably to it and slash other things. So yeah, it's really important to me that I am known as, as an artist through all the parts of the circle that, that make that what it is. Okay. Last but not least, number five. Oh my gosh. Um, it's like, it's so hard for me to pick this record. I mean, I'm gonna say Bonnie Wright, I Can't Make You Love Me as a song because that song is like, honestly, one of my favorite songs ever written. You know, it's off the album, Luck of the Draw, um, but Bonnie Wright's Nick of Time album is also would probably make that list, but because I Can't Make You Love Me is just so life-changing to me, I'm gonna say that song first, but everything who Bonnie Wright is, is so inspiring to me from all the things we talked about, you know, from being a songwriter, from being an artist, a singer, and just such a prolific musician as a female. Um, the first time I saw her sing, I Can't Make You Love Me on stage, like I remember just instantly having tears running down my face and being like, whoa, like, to be able to, to connect with people on that level and write a song that's that honest and that vulnerable is, is something that I, I strive to do, you know, every single time I perform, like I really want to be able to, to, to touch people that way and, and communicate to them in that way and, and know that, you know, we're all fighting different battles but we're all really in the midst of the same war and just like different perspectives of like looking at the same thing and and so um so yeah probably I can't make you love me money right we're all connected we're all connected absolutely have you played have you played make you live for anyone yet I have yeah I've played it at um a few like socially distant writer shows that have happened like in the past few months, which are always so weird slash most of the audience is watching virtually. Um, and then I've done like a few virtual shows. I'm actually going to be playing it at the Opry, which I think is going to be super powerful. But, um, but I remember the, the few little writer round shows that I played it at. I had a line of um, I think there was like nine girls in a, in a couple, couple guys and and um 
they were, some of them were crying. So, and they were just like, I wanted to say thank you for writing that song. Like I, I haven't heard a song that, that has related to me in, in the way of the things you said or whatever. And again, it's like, wow, okay, that's so cool as a songwriter being able to write something that honest and that difficult for me to say and have it help somebody else like feel something or process emotions and know that they're not alone. Okay, then I know I'm doing my job. You are. You're such a rock star. <laughs> Listen, I am so excited for you. I'm so happy for you. I'm so, I mean, 2020, like you said, it was a blessing. It was crazy and weird and strange, but what a blessing. And the fact that you are being in 2021, <laughs> it's going to be great. Amen to that sister. And here's to you receiving everything that you want this year. <laughs> I love it it all so very, very much. Um, Is there anything else that you want to throw in that we didn't get to talk about? I mean, just like come say hi to me on Instagram or TikTok. I mean, these days, social media is like what we got to communicate to each other. And I've just loved being able to talk to fans one-on-one on on there and and make a fool of myself on TikTok. And so, um, so yeah, come say hi. (laughs) I love it. What is... um, I was going to say this too, because you are usually flying in and out. Does the BNA carpet miss you? Uh, so the BNA carpet, I actually have, I got a little, like they were selling doormats or whatever. And so I got a portion of the BNA carpet and I keep it in my studio in this room um, so that I can always have, have pieces of the carpet with me. But, um, but yeah, it does, it does miss me. I, I feel, I feel like deep, deep down in its heart. It misses me because I saw that thing like six days a week. I mean, truly, truly. Oh my gosh. It's absolutely insane. Is there a place that you haven't traveled to that you really want to visit? I mean, you know, I'm doing a lot, a lot of this stuff for London and you have such a huge presence in the UK. Uh, I know they miss you terribly over there. So are there any other places that you really are like on the dream board when we can move around the world again? Is there a place that you have that you really want to go to? Oh my goodness. I mean, I love the UK so much. I do not say this lightly. Like they have some of the best fans in the world. Um, they're, they're just so dedicated to music and to, and to enjoying like musicians and musicianship. And so I just cannot wait to get back to the UK. Um, like I, I just, I love touring Europe this past, um, in 2019, I say this past year, but now it's like two years ago. My goodness. Um, we did a lot of international touring, you know, we, we were playing, um, all throughout the UK and Germany and, and Amsterdam and the Netherlands. And we got to Australia, New Zealand and Japan. And so I just, I can't wait to get back. I have a bunch of fans from the UK that are like, all right, so when this is finally allowed, when are we booking a show? (laughs) So yeah, I will be on the first plane over once it opens up. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to let you go. I thank you so much. I just think you're amazing and all the best things. Kelly, I love you so, so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, babe. Bye. A huge thank you to Lindsay L. She is just such a delight to talk to. I love her so much. Um, If you are interested in finding out more about the Make Me Movement, you can find all of the information about her foundation on her page. And make sure you're listening to her album, Heart Theory. Oh, it's so, so very good. If you wouldn't mind, I would absolutely love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and give us a five-star review that helps other people find it. Share it with all your friends.
And I've got more episodes coming for you very soon. Until then, make sure you're staying connected with all the people and things you love the most. Bye.